0: So, got any questions? <laughs> or how's it going? Or what would be helpful? Can, you say a few words about the Can I say a few words about samadhi? Yeah, because there is a lot of things being said about, self, Sati. But not so much about the of samadhi. Sati? what to do with it. Yeah. Well... Um, you will have noticed that uh, Sayadaw Utejaniya does not speak about samadhi or concentration hardly at all. Uh, partly because um, he, his understanding is that, and, and this is this is true, that uh, samadhi or concentration, or collectedness of mind, or stability of mind. He calls it stability of mind. So whenever you hear him say stability of mind, or continuity of mindfulness, he's saying samadhi. Because samadhi, as the Pali word that means collectedness of mind, or concentration of mind, that we sometimes say, really is a result of the continuity of mindfulness. So the more frequently you're able to be mindfully aware the more samadhi you have. Whether you are practicing a fixed concentration uh, meditation for developing absorptions or jhanas or whether you're practicing momentary concentration on changing objects for the development of insight. So while Sayadaw Utejanee doesn't use the word samadhi, he's talking about the continuity of mindfulness, in the same to mean the same thing, and it's essential. You know, uh, without a uh, a momentum to your mindfulness, or a mom- or continuity to your mindfulness, then uh, your insight doesn't get very sharp or doesn't get very deep into the mind. So. Uh, samadhi and the developing insight is totally dependent upon the continuity of mindful moments. And, as Sayadaw points out, you can be mindful of anything. Are you aware that you're sitting? Yes. Are you aware that you're hearing me talk? Yes. Are you aware that the body feels like this? Yes. That's being mindful. The more moments like that you can string together, the more samadhi you have, or the more stability of mind you have. Is that, is that your experience? <laughs> i about these five faculties. The order not the random order, I guess. No. <laughs> so, Sayadaw talks about these, these five facu- faculties. Uh, energy or faith, Sada, faith, confidence, uh, which conditions and gives rise to energy or effort, Virya, uh, which gives rise to mindfulness, sati, or remembering, which gives, which gives rise to stability of mind, or samadhi, which reveals uh, insight, or knowledge, or wisdom, panya. They, the five faculties are a uh, kind of. They develop gradually and cyclically, because with faith, we feel motivated, inspired, confident enough to make an effort. And with making some effort, we will become mindful, more mindful. That's the effort we're making. Uh, we'll remember more uh, frequently. That's mindfulness. Uh, the more frequently we remember, the more continuous the mindfulness, the greater the stability of mind. And stability of mind yields or gives uh, more understanding or wisdom. With more understanding and wisdom, we feel more confidence, we feel more faith, and we practice more we make more effort, more effort, and so gradually and cyclically these five faculties are developed and they come into balance uh, the more we practice. Yes. Okay, so the, the question is about uh, investigation and its place in the development of mindfulness and, more precisely, the development of wisdom. And what was the other, the last part? Well, how, how to not, uh, oh, yeah, how to investigate without thinking. Great. Okay, I'm going to start there. Okay, so I would like you to uh, hold your hand, uh, your arm out in front of you. Okay. Now I want you to investigate what that feels like. Now you can think all you want about fingers, arm, clothes, uh whatever, but that doesn't that's not what the thinking about your arm out in front of you is not going to tell you anything about the experience of your arm out in front of you. So, wh- hey Put your hand back on. Oh, no. <laughs> Keep holding your hand up there because if you were going to investigate what the experience of holding your arm out in front of you is, what would you do? Pay attention, you'd feel it. You'd feel it. Well, what what, do, what does your investigation feel? What do you feel or what do you what does it reveal? Tingling in the fingers, heaviness in the arm, aching in the shoulder, coolness on the hand, what else? Warmth inside, yeah? Huh? Tension, Tension. yeah? Movement, yeah? Pulsating, yeah? Questions in the mind, that's true. Yeah? But all of those experiences are not from thinking, those experiences are from direct observation of the event, right? That's how you investigate. Now, what was the question? Why doesn't Sayadaw talk about investigation? He talks about investigation all the time. He just doesn't use that word. Because he talks, remember, he says, oh, whenever you find yourself ca- caught up in a uh, an emotional drama, the story that you're telling yourself, he said this, she should have said that, I shouldn't have done this, and why am I so, and they are so, and da-da-da-da, that's the story. And he says, just put the story aside. It's happening, it's going on, it goes around and around. But he says feel that mental state. Feel it. What does this what well, what is this mental state? Oh, this is a mental state of or this is a story of anger, fear, jealousy, loneliness, you know, something, self judgment, hatred, right? And he just says, Feel this. Feel it. The story's going on. Chatter, 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 chatter. You know? And strong mental states, as you know, condition, physical experience. When you feel a lot of anger, you feel the tightness in the in the shoulders and the arms, the belly, or when you feel fear, you can feel the quivering of the abdomen. When you feel self-consciousness, you get this choking in the throat. These physical experiences are conditioned by the mental state, right? But there's also a story that goes along with it. The story of why you're afraid. You're outdoors in the middle of a storm and it's getting, the big trees are swaying like crazy and they might fall on you and whoa, whoa. Okay, so there's the story about the emotional state. There is the physical experiences in the body conditioned by this mental state. Okay. And what else? You have the feeling of the mental state. And that's what Sayadaw is asking you to feel to be aware of the feeling of irritation, anger, impatience, whatever it is. So when you find yourself caught up in this emotional storm, which includes thoughts, feelings, sensations, memories, anticipations, scheming strategies, strategizing what you're going to do about it, all that is involved in an emotional storm, right? So you just take the story and you put it over here. You know the story. He said, she said, I should have said, they shouldn't have. Blah, 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 Put the story over here. Do a three-dimensional anatomical survey of the ma- uh, map of the body and put all those sensations over here. All the sensations are here and all the, the story is here and the thing that's left is the feeling of the mental state. Right? Okay. What do you see? A singing bowl. Yes. What else? A what? A concept. a concept. You see a concept? Okay. We call it a bowl. Oh, we call it a singing bowl. So there is a concept there. Okay. A head cover. Yes. Okay. A piece of metal. Yes. A round shape. Yes. Huh? A salad cup. Uh, Yeah, okay. Does anybody see gold? Okay. Okay, so we got gold, round, cup, bowl, bell, etc. It sounds like there's a lot of things there. But really, there's only one thing. It's just a different perspective of it that gives you all these words. So, when you have this emotional storm, and I say, "Oh, put the story over here, put the sensations over here, and feel the feeling there's only one thing that's happening there: this emotional storm. so we feel it okay You can approach it from the story, you can approach it from the physical sensations, or you can approach it from the the heart feeling to 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 practice awareness for understanding we want to we want to recognize the heart. Or the feeling of it. Is that... Okay. Yeah. The what? Fear. fear. Yes. After the event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the comment is sometimes fear happens due to conditions, but you don't recognize it until later. <clears throat> Do you have a problem with that? What's the problem? Okay so when so, the problem is or the question is how do how do I see it when it happens? how do I confront it when it happens? Well, you said that after the event, you then recognize that you were afraid or that you felt fear when you remember that event, do you feel the fear at that time when you remember it? okay, I wouldn't bother to invite it back in. I would say, if you recall the memory, or when you're still enough and the mindfulness is sharp enough, if that memory comes back and you see the story of what happened, and you feel the fear, that's when you want to pay attention to the fear. It's gone by. Forget it. If it's gone by, don't, don't go looking for it. But if it comes back as a memory, and it, it reignites this feeling of fear, then you want to look at it just like you would as if it was happening right then because it is happening right then. The feeling of fear is happening. Right? So then when you, when you you know, the story's going on, oh my gosh, what would happen if, and, you know, the car was going this way and the other people were that Ah, good, feel that. That's the story of the fear. You know, feel it. And you can, you know, this is, this is actually there's quite a lot of, um, the journey of awakening, uh, in, through insight is, um, uh, exploring, uh, traumatic, if not dramatic, dramatic and traumatic, uh, events from our life. A lot of historical review, personal history review, I call it. And, you know, when the mindfulness gets really sharp and still and the mind is still things come into the mind and you can't you can't keep them out and you can see things more clearly with that mindfulness than at the time the event occurred at the time the event occurred you were in total you know we were deluded and we were telling ourselves other stories about how great it was but actually we were scared to death and you know stuff like that you know we've all done that but then when you see like oh my gosh that's this is what was really happening, this is what was going on in the body, and this is what was going on in the mind, then we can actually be mindfully aware of it in a way that we couldn't at the time it occurred. And this can be anything from lunch today to lunch, you know, when you were two days old. And everything in between. Is that helpful? I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even anticipate that anything's going to come up. That's that's already a wrong posture of mind, you know. Like, oh, I know I know there's been an event here that I better I better keep an eye on because it's going to come up and haunt me. that that's a wrong wrong attitude. Just be present with the way things are. The understanding in uh Vipassana practice is that where there is holding in the mind when we've held on to some emotion or we've held on to some fear, we've held on to some shame or blame or whatever it is, we're hanging on in the mind, that gradually and eventually that tension in the mind will come into view. When it comes into view, then you've got to deal with it. Then you have the opportunity to deal with it. You don't have to kind of go looking for it. Ah, I've got, I got issues with my father. I'm going to go dig up my father issues and take a look at them. Anything you find then is just uh, insignificant compared to what's really <laughs> your real issues with your father. Right? Okay. So wait, wait until the present moment reveals what it reveals. Sometimes it'll be, uh, emotional holding from the past. Sometimes not. Yeah. 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 About the what? About the story, yes, 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 that I don't really, uh, to the yes, yes, oh, yes, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, when I say there's a story going on, there's a physical sensations and there's a feeling, you can't really separate them. But rather than just kind of going over again and again and again the story, the history of the story, the events of the story, and just going over and over and over that without feeling really mindfully feeling this, it's just gonna give you a, a circular story that just goes round and round and round and round. And you can have different views and opinions about it, but you don't really feel you don't spend the you don't put you don't turn your attention to the feeling of the story because this year or this week it's a story about this event next week it's the same feeling but it's a different story and last year it was a different story but the same feeling and so what we're doing is we're getting uh, familiar with the nature of fear the nature of shame, the nature of self-consciousness, or whatever it is, huh? or the nature of any other emotion. The story is going to change. When you're 7 years old, you got that story. When you're 10 years old, you have another story. When you're 15, you have a different story. And, and you will continue to have stories about that emotion throughout, the, throughout your life. When you turn your attention to the feeling, you'll realize, oh, every time you feel fear, it feels like this. Oh, and now you, in with with care and attention, you can learn how to recognize and be with that feeling of fear. No matter what the story is, you can be with it. You can, you don't get uh, jerked around by it. You don't get, uh, you don't lose your awareness. You can be with it, and it doesn't uh, torment you so much because you know. Oh, this is, this is the nature of fear. And you know the story, but what happens is rather than trying to figure out the story or solve the problem, you see that whatever the problem is, whatever the issue is, whatever the emotional storm is, it goes away by itself. And that will tell you something. That will reveal the the way forward for you. You'll see, uh, you know, uh, rather than try to figure out the story so you can make a decision to respond, you see that, oh, the story is changed by your relationship to the feeling as you are able to be with this unpleasant feeling, because these feelings are unpleasant, but you're with it with full awareness, then the wisdom or the understanding that you gain about yourself, about this, the nature of this feeling, and the nature of the issue or the problem or the decision that needs to be made, then your understanding will be clearer. You'll know, you'll know the way forward, so to speak. No, 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 no. And, and, and in fact, in the actual practice of uh, investigating an emotional storm, to use your investigating without thinking, here's the, here, here it is, here's your emotional storm from the past or the present, and it's just kind of boiling. And as you're mindful of it, you'll be mindful of the f- sensations, mindful of the story, mindful of the feelings you know, caught in it, lost in it, aware of it, you know, and you're just kind of hovering around. You know, sometimes you're mindful, sometimes you're indulging. You know, it's <laughs> just like that. But on the whole, the momentum is towards more continuity of awareness. So sometimes you're lost in the story, sometimes you're aware of the story, sometimes you're lost in the feeling, sometimes you're aware of the feeling. Right? It's just a. So fear comes before the event. Uh. Avoid. <laughs> Not uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. What do I do paralyzes? Mm-hmm. So the comment is about, uh, in anticipating the future, or in planning even for the future, or in. Okay, so there was this uh, sound and this feeling, and uh, it took about a split second to recognize something like, oh, that's unfamiliar, and you felt the shock go through the body, and you felt this little wave of like, <gasps> and then it settled right down, and it was just like, huh, okay, laugh, right? You, the when you're aware things just are just like that. We could have all gotten afraid and said, "Oh my God, here it is, the beginning of the end <laughs> or something like that, depending on where your where your mind goes but uh when we anticipate the future when we plan for the future, or when we recognize that something is going to occur in the future, you know whether it's you know whatever you know is going to happen then there can be a lot of apprehension, there can be a lot of fear. And it, it can be helpful to recognize, oh, there's a lot of insecurity, there's a lot of instability, I don't know what's going to happen there, I don't know if I'm going to be safe. And just to recognize all of those elements of futuring, I call any kind of future imagining, futuring. And then you can be with them as they arise, right then, even before the event occurs. So there's a little bit of rehearsing going on. If this happens, this is what I'm going to do. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right? We do that. Whether it's playing music or you know any any other thing that we might anticipate uh feeling insecure, vulnerable, uh unstable, unknowing about. Yeah. It's not wrong to feel fear. It's not wrong to feel fear. That it's it's a very it's a human emotion. It's natural, there's nothing wrong with it. What's wrong with what, what, what causes us to suffer is when we try to avoid it, try to manipulate conditions so that we never feel fear, or get paralyzed by fear because we don't know how to feel it and stay present with it, or we just get lost in our head about the idea, the concepts that give rise to fear, rather than staying with the feeling, the actual experience of the fear. So what we're doing with mindfulness is learning how to be with the experience of fear. And as I mentioned to this woman over here, the story of your fear is going to change. You know, somehow thinking that somehow mindfulness is going to make your life so that you never feel fear, that's ridiculous. You're going to feel fear. Okay. But learning how to feel fear with awareness and not be spun out about it, that's wisdom. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> 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 That's I'm doing it all wrong yeah and I'm doing something wrong, like the me So I'm not sure if Okay, that my mind can answer. Ha 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 ha! So the comment is about a uh, skillful attitude, a right atif- attitude towards your experience, and that uh, every few hours you get yourself into a crisis and think, I'm not doing this right, and you're feeling a lot of uh, unpleasant, let's just call them unpleasant mental states and unpleasant feelings. And you think, I must be doing it wrong, or I must have the wrong attitude. But actually, you're like you said, you are being aware of these mental states. You are being aware of this uh, consideration. Am I doing this right? Am I not? How can I make an adjustment? Or do I need to make an adjustment? Or is it just good that I'm aware of all this stuff anyway? So I'm going to answer the question in two ways. Okay? The first one is to deal with the content. The content is, I'm not doing well. I don't know if I'm practicing right. What should I do if in this situation? And uh, so the content is around doubt uh, lack of confidence, uh, wondering about how to practice. so you could just say, "Oh, this is this whole state of mind is the doubting state of mind. This is the nature of doubt, doubt about practice, and you could investigate it that way you could say, "Oh, this is what doubt makes you do. Doubt about practice does this to, this is your exper- this is the experience when you have doubt about yourself or, or, or doing practice or about the nature of practice or whether you understand practice or whether you're practicing correctly, any of those are familiar doubts that when when they arise, sound just like you were saying. You know, our, our mind is saying, I don't know if I'm doing this right. Maybe I should read more of the book. Yeah, but the book said this and maybe Sainab so said that and I wonder if I... Oh, geez, I wish this would go away. But... In all of that kind of indulging in the content, we haven't yet recognized, oh, this is the nature of doubt. So when you recognize, oh, this is the nature of doubt, then you know, here you are in this tangled up mess of thoughts, and as soon as you recognize, oh, this is doubt, you go, whoop, oh, aware of doubt. Whereas before, you were lost in doubt. Here you are, lost in doubt. Where are you? I'm in here, you know. Until you get this, until you get this recognition of whoop, whoa, hey, hey, doubt is arising and being known. Then it's like, oh, then you can watch it with some um, spaciousness of mind. Right? I don't remember how I was going to answer it the second way, <laughs> but that one seemed right. <laughs> right. You cannot think your way out of doubt. No, not, not possible. When you get logical and rational and figure it out, you're just not practicing awareness. You're just thinking. So whatever thinking you do about doubt particularly will never uh, reve- uh, free you from the doubt. Yeah, uh, It's good to ask yourself, oh, what is the, atti- what is the attitude of mind? What's, what's the attitude in the mind? And if you recognize that it is an unskillful attitude, then that's what you have to watch. If there's expectation or there's confusion or there's whatever, a sense of struggle, these are all attitudes of mind, then that's what you want to pay attention to. That's the object of your awareness at that point, okay? But you might also ask, you know, now this is something that Sayadaw doesn't do. He says it's it's important for you to recognize if there's a wrong attitude in the mind, but he doesn't tell you what the right attitude of mind is. Have you noticed? He doesn't. I'll tell you what. It, I'll tell you what they are, though. Okay? <laughs> <coughs> this is the secret teaching. <laughs> <laughs> okay you got your memory turned on the, the the right attitude of mind or a the skillful attitude attitudes of mind for practice open receptive allowing acknowledging interested curious patient you see you see what See what this attitude of mind is? You know, it's open, receptive, allowing, interested, acknowledging, okay, rather than focusing, trying to figure out, getting it straight, what am I supposed to do, which is like this. So you can read your attitude of mind on your face. So just look at your face and you'll see what your attitude of mind is. (laughs) What's that? Is this a is this a skillful attitude of mine? I don't think so. How about this one? No, that's not either. How about this one? This this is actually bliss ninny. It's all so wonderful. Hey, wow, what happened? <laughs> oh, let there be light. Anyway, okay. So you can you know just just turn around and look at your mind when you're when you when you're questioning what's my attitude of mind when if there's any kind of forward leaning narrowing of focus uh, specific, looking for something in particular or trying to figure it out or scheming or strategizing it, it it all all of those are like this and then you just say wow let me just settle back open up receive the experience recognize it interest in it. Be patient, no expectation. And stay like that for the rest of your life. (laughs) Don't tell him I told you. The understanding of being aware. Yes. Well, historically, we have uh, used the word uh, mindfulness, awareness, uh, knowing, uh, consciousness, uh, and many other things synonymously. But now what Sayadaw is doing, he's saying, actually... His second book was called Awareness Alone is Not Enough. What he really meant to say was mindfulness alone is not enough because that's where he started talking about mindfulness and wisdom. But now he's refined the way he's teaching, the way he's pointing to it, and he's saying it's better to take awareness and look at all of the activities of mind that go into awareness. Sati, usually translated as mindfulness, has a function within the activity of awareness. And the function of sati in awareness is to remember. That's one function. Okay, that's the function. No, no, that's one function. The manifestation of sati is to observe. It's the gatekeeper and it observes, it watches everything that comes into the mind. Right? Yeah. Okay, that's not the function, that's a characteristic, manifestation of it. The function is to remember, but the function of faith is also present in awareness. And what is the function of faith? Sada, sada. you know Sada, huh? one of the faculties. The function of faith is to seek the good. Now, the function of dos, of Loba, or the function of desire, is to seek pleasure. We know that one. But the function of faith is to seek the good. And to seek the good is to seek wholesomeness within yourself, within your mind, or to see it in others. Without that, you wouldn't be aware. You wouldn't practice awareness. So you to be aware, you need more than just remembering to observe. You also need faith. That's present in awareness. So he's not. he's not shifting a definition, he's not changing his mind, he's being more specific in what is the role of mindfulness in awareness, what is the role of faith in awareness, what is the role of energy or virya in awareness, what's the role of samadhi, stability of mind in awareness, what's the role of, or how is, it, how is faith, uh, wisdom manifest in awareness. So I think it's important to recognize the subtlety of his teaching is getting more precise and more subtle. And to just go back to the old be mindful. Sure, be mindful. Good luck. <laughs> huh? Now let me tell you how to be aware. Well, faith, energy, mindfulness, concentration, or su- uh, stability of mind and wisdom involved. A lot more uh, depth of understanding, a lot more subtlety of understanding <laughs> Excuse me, in what awareness actually is. But we were pointing to that for many years, just using the word mindfulness. Mindfulness as an activity is one thing. Mindfulness as a function of mind is a piece of that activity. Teasing apart that a little bit. Now Sayadaw is not, interest, not, not using the word mindfulness at all. You notice? He didn't say mindfulness, he says sati. Because people have a lot of... Well, people have a lot of ideas about mindfulness which are not conducive to the way he's teaching awareness. Oh, okay. So now we're talking about sati, remembering. That's how Sayadaw wants you to use the word sati, to remember. To remember what? Here it is, the present moment. You mean saying, okay, develop your five faculties instead of saying, be aware. Well, over the course of your uh, the instruction here, you will come to understand that to be aware involves all of these five faculties. Right? To just say be mindful doesn't involve all these five faculties. For you it does because you, you, from the from your past experience with the word mindfulness, you actually took it to mean the activity of mindfulness rather than the function the mental factor of mindfulness, so it's understandable yeah that you could say mindfulness in the old days we would say mindfulness which is really be aware uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm gonna let you hold that for later <clears throat> other questions yeah When I speak about feeling, yeah. the of tension in the body. Yeah. Mhm. Yes. Yeah, uh, when I say look at the physical sensations that are conditioned by a mental state, we can identify them, you know, like you said, tension, aching, pulling, trembling, quivering, heat, whatever. And you can't really remove them. You can't really say, goodbye, now let me see it. Just like you can't really see this, and without seeing round and gold, you can't see it. You can't see this. If there was no gold, you wouldn't see it. If there was no round, you wouldn't see it, right? So so too with the feeling of fear. If there was no sensations, you wouldn't feel it. But you can identify those different feelings, those different physical sensations, and you can identify the mental feeling of fear. Yeah? If you're not totally caught up in the story or the physical sensations. But it's subtle. The mind is very subtle. Physical sensations are very gross, and the stories are even as gross. I mean gross, I mean just very obvious and very impactful. But the nature of the mind in the experience of fear is very subtle. That's what we're looking at. That's what we're not not looking for, but that's what we're in touch with, because that's where the pain is. Ah yeah yeah yeah. No. What you're what you're saying is that you have followed you have tracked the unfolding of sensations when you feel say you feel fear and you've located this tension in the in the heart and throat and you have followed the unfolding of those sensations. Right, and they change, and they go through this and that, and they move in the body, and they get stronger and weaker, and eventually they fade away, and yeah, no more fear. While doing that, I, I've done that kind of practice a lot, and it's, it's not wrong, it's just that you often lose track of the fear. <laughs> you don't know you have fear. You're dealing with, oh, tightness, tension, throbbing, pulsing, vibrating, that's good, but... We miss the whole. We miss the whole mental state of fear. You know, there's a lot of. There's some whole techniques, whole traditions of practice that are uh, pointing towards physical sensations as a manifestation of the mind, and it's not wrong. It's just that it's not quite subtle enough to recognize the mind. So the question is about um, words to describe both events and understandings and is it necessary or something like that. Uh, no, the words aren't necessary. Uh, that's not, it, we don't, we don't we don't reach changed understandings with words. We don't manipulate words to come up with a insightful understanding. And it's not necessarily a feeling either, but there can be an understanding emerge in the mind that when you insight, that when you try to put words to it, it's very difficult. It's very difficult even to to put words to some of the sensations you feel in the body, let alone the mental states. You know, and wisdom and the evolving wisdom that comes from just being mindfully aware is even subtler. So to try to put words to it is it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And having a common language with others to share those experiences is almost impossible. Uh, Not impossible, but you know, you really have to be, you have to have a lot of uh, agreement uh, among people who are talking if you're going to try to talk about those things. So what we're offering here is a minimal language of mental states, uh, the nature of mind, uh, we're not being so concerned about the quality of physical sensations or even recognizing the different activities of mind. You can get very specific about them. And the reason that words are helpful, and Sayadaw mentioned something like this uh, in one of his groups yesterday or today. He said that when we have an experience, or when there's an experience happening, the mind is acknowledging it. The mind acknowledges it. And, and it acknowledges it through experience and with the word. It acknowledges it. So, in some ways, the mind is talking to ourselves all the time. Okay. There's another tradition in Burma of practice, the Mahasisayada tradition, which talks about and uses labeling as a technique in meditation. And so their instruction is, when you breathe in and you feel the rising of the abdomen, to label that as breathing in or rising, rising or falling. Or if you're using the nostrils, breathing in, breathing out, rising, falling. And to name your experience. Now, that is the beginning instruction. It's a labeling. Now, if you bear with me for a minute. Labeling is only possible when you clearly recognize what the experience is. If you don't recognize what the experience is, you don't have a word for it. So what labeling does is it helps to clarify your perception. Perception is recognition of familiar or novel experience. Naming it. You might have an experience you've never had before and you don't have a name for it. You just go, uh, uh, that's an uh. Okay. Next time you have that experience, you go uh uh, 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 you know. And if you after you've seen it a dozen times, then you begin to understand what this experience is. Then you may have a word for it. Oh, this is anticipation. Or this is, you know, fear or whatever it is. So labeling or the word can be helpful to clarify the perception. to, to as an expression of the clarity of your perception. But, in fact, it's not the word that's important. It's the clarity of perception that's important. Labeling is just a tool to help clarify your perception. But when there's a momentum of clarity or momentum of clear perception, you don't even need to use words. And, in fact, the pace of mindful moments is too fast to use words. You can't keep up with the pace of what's being known the words just too bulky too slow and so very difficult to uh, you can't and then when there's emerging insight or shifts in understanding of things a lot of it is unspoken but uh, uh, not not conceptual it's not conceptual it takes quite a different people have different skill in being able to speak about their uh, wordless experiences some people are very good they can just they can just talk about it and everybody just gets it. Other people can struggle and use words and write books and you still don't know what they're talking about, right? Yeah. What is about using pictures instead of words? Using pictures instead of words. Uh, so the comment or the question is well what about making a picture uh, a visual image of a mental state Uh, I, I think I would say it this way I wouldn't make an intentional effort to come up with a visual representation of a mental state but sometimes it happens that You'll, you'll have a visual image that you recognize, and once you recognize it, then you realize, oh, this is the mental state that it is representing, right? So, at that point, I would stay with the feeling of the mental experience, but I wouldn't embellish the visual image of it. I'll give an example. I was practicing in Burma, and when, at a certain point in practice, a lot of uh, lightness of mind arises it 's a quali- it 's one of the mental factors and it comes with uh, a lot of joy and pt and ecstasy and stuff like that and i pretty 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 dull <laughs> pretty pretty slow learner, I would be practicing and I would feel i would see these images of these big birds, like eagles and owls and hawks that are just able to hover in the air and they're just swooping and swooning and you know, they're not flapping, they're not making any effort, they're just kind of like, wow, 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 you know, and I was just kind of with the birds, just kind of like, wow, wow, I didn't realize that was my experience. My experience was as if I was that bird. Now, I didn't. I wasn't the bird, but what it pointed to was, oh, The experience in the mind is one of lightness and swooping and swooning and pleasantness and buoyancy and blah, 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 blah. So then I didn't need the word. I didn't need the image. I could just be with this experience. So I wouldn't intentionally create a visual. But if you have a visual that helps you to recognize the mental state, fine. Stay with the mental state, not the visual. Yes? No Yeah. Um, you know, said that um, you know, thinking is happening, acknowledge that. Yes. So in a way that's a form of yeah, it is. I wouldn't. I mean, if you're just aware of it, if you're aware that thinking that thought's over. Oop, there's another one. That's over. Oop, there's another one. That one's over. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything with that. I wouldn't try to name it. I wouldn't try to figure it out. I wouldn't put a word label on it or anything, because the label is not the event. What's important is to be with the event, to to to, to be mindfully aware of the event. If you have a word for it, great. If you don't fine too. Now labeling as a tool is useful in certain situations. When the mindfulness when the continuity of mindfulness is very weak and mind, and you know you're just all over the shop. You know the mind is just going here and there and and you're just lost in thought as much or more than being mindful. Then labeling can be really helpful. Just like breathing in, breathing out, right. Thinking, right. Okay, planning, right, futuring, got it, okay. And th- until you get some continuity. Then once you have some continuity, then you don't need any labels, you're just with experience. Or when new experience is emerging. Sometimes you're, you're practicing, it's familiar and familiar and familiar, and then you don't have any words, and you're just kind of like, you're, you're there, but you don't kind of, recognize really what it is, then labeling can be helpful. You know, it's like looking at a Jackson Pollock painting for the first time. You walk in and there across the museum atrium is a hell of a mess. (laughs) And you go, wow, what? What?" So then you start going, oh yeah, yellow. Ah, Red, whoa, splashes, (laughs) drips. Oh, Oh, okay, okay, then... Then you get it. Then you start using uh, concepts to name your experience. And then you can, once you've kind of got a a picture of it, then you forget the concepts, just be with the experience. Yeah. can be helpful. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in that in the practice that you learned it in, there was a there was an object-oriented practice, and this is an awareness-oriented practice. You know, really, what Sayadaw is teaching, and so, but still, Sayadaw does say, "Hey, when you're thinking, recognize that, recognize that thinking's happening." Well, that's it's not labeling like, you know, going thinking, 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 you know, as we sometimes did noting with pain, 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 pain. It's like, you know. That's not helpful. You know, but just the, the, the perception, the clear perception in the mind says, Oh, thinking, futuring, planning, something. You know, that's not that's not labeling in the in the activity of the technique of the other tradition. That's just the activity of mind. The natural activity of mind is to recognize what's what's being known. Mm. That goes without words. Now, for you, how many years you've been practicing? 30, 40 years. Okay. But on day one, you need words. Yeah. Don't forget. Don't forget those first decade, that first decade of practice. <laughs> when, we, when we need words. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yes. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yes, Yeah. something about Nature. Sure. So I feel me mm-hmm. sort of moving mm-hmm. in Yeah. And then I think I maybe a bit with the physical of Yes. I'm not saying that there's a there's a, a hierarchy of what you should be doing. Like first you notice the story, then you notice the sensations, and finally, when you've really got a lot of momentum, you can feel the feeling. I'm not saying that but i'm just saying that there are these at least these three elements you know and not to ignore not to get locked into one just the physical sensations without recognizing oh there's the awareness of it all there's the story of it there's the phys- there's the experience of that emotion and there's the physical sensations conditioned by that emotion or by that mental state so you know it we don't have to be we don't have to select what to be aware of. We don't have to do that. It's just whatever you are aware of, recognize that. And some people will recognize the feeling in the heart. There are just some people that are just really good. They, they have emotions. And they, they know them. You know, I had one once. You know, I, I I missed it, though. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? It's like some people are like that. Some people recognize their emotions by the stories, the thoughts that are going through their head. Other people can just feel it. No story, so however you access emotions, emotional states, let that be your doorway into that moment that, that experience yeah it can be there can be a lot going there 's a lot going on in emotional storms, you know so we 'll get to explore them all. I heard the bell, the gong. So I don't want to keep anybody past their appointed mealtime. <laughs> so maybe we'll take uh, we'll have some other questions another afternoon. Okay? Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.